Welcome to the Women Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Lisette Esquivel. This show is part of the section Women Who Inspire, where you will learn stories and experiences of successful female expats from all over the world. They will share with us the secret that nobody is willing to tell you about living overseas. Welcome to another episode of Women Abroad. My name is Lisette Esquivel, Global Editor and World.com. I'm in charge of the section Women Who Inspire. And as you know, we always travel around the world. Today, I'm very happy because we're doing an exotic trip to Hong Kong. And why Hong Kong is so attractive, you know? Well, first, because Hong Kong is a city that attracts many travelers. This island city has it all a fabulous landscape or overwhelming nightlife, a splendid shopping area, very important for fashionists like me, and one of the best gastronomies on the planet. So today it's with me, Neha Soni. From, she's from India, now living in Hong Kong. She identifies herself as a self-love expert. She truly believes that in order to realize your dream, uh, be it a relationship, a dream job, a business you love, you first have to build and envision the best relationship with yourself. Her nine-year-long journey of meditation has taught her to listen deeply to herself and transform her story. Having broken free of her patterns of being in toxic relationships and finding the love of her life, her vision is to help singles build the best relationship with themselves. So, uh, Neha, welcome to Women Abroad. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Lisette. I am so excited to be with you. Now, the pleasure is mine. So let's get started. Um, tell us, well, you're from India and now you're living in Hong Kong. Tell us your story. Why did you move to Hong Kong? Um, I, it was an arranged marriage that brought me to Hong Kong. And I, as I don't, I'm not, I'm no longer a part of that marriage, but it seems like I, I, my transformation of my life happened here in this city. How long have you been living in, in Hong Kong? 20 years now. Oh my God, you look younger. I, I think that you, <laughs> you were very, very young when you moved. So talking about that point, um, tell us a little bit, uh, what is a arranged marriage? Because you know, the, the people who listen to us are from many countries, especially for Latin yeah. America. Uh, yeah. So in Latin America, it's not very common to have arranged marriages, but we know yeah. that in India, it's something kind of common. So yeah. tell us a little bit about this context in, uh, what happened in India? Why is this? And, and how long you were uh, you got married? All, all the stuff. A little, some detail, you know, to the okay. people understand the culture of India. Sure. So it's um, it can be very individual to families, and some people will go ahead and find uh, their their partners if their parents are open-minded, if uh, their parents are like mine, a little bit more conservative and very, like maybe overprotective because they have beautiful children and uh, oftentimes, well, Mumbai was not necessarily safe. I, that's where I was before I moved to Hong Kong. So, and bah Bahrain was where I grew up. So it's a Muslim country. And yes, we had to dress up conservatively. So yes, the conservative behavior was there more, much, of, much of my upbringing. And I realized when I was in university that I am sort of my own person and I had someone in my life, but I didn't get to be with that person because my parents disagree with getting married with someone who doesn't belong in the, in a certain, there is a caste system that they follow. And if you marry outside of that caste, it's like, because we don't know people in that particular uh, community, uh, it's better we you marry in a community where you 
know and we know how those people are so that's how like the elders in the family get involved and they say okay there is this guy there is this proposal are you interested and then they they call a a priest who will look at our astrological signs and try and say oh this this particular thing is a good match this guy and this girl so maybe they should they, it's okay to get married um but for me it's what's the stars are not important to match what's more important is the mindset the mentality so i had never met my husband <laughs> never oh, dated the day him, of the never marriage? Known him oh my I god i mean he came down to visit so he was in hong kong yeah 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 i never i didn't know anything about hong kong what the culture is what it is to live like here um and I, we would only talk on the phone um and he traveled down to Mumbai, where I was at the time. And we went out uh, to see, watch movies or like just go out and eat or whatever. But that's very little to get to know a person, like, you know, to decide and spend the rest of our life together. But I was doing that out of some other reason. For me, it was more like an escape. That's why I'm like, okay, there's nothing I can do in the situation that I was, which brought me, well, life brought me to hong kong that's what i would say so yes the arranged marriage is, is is something that i could not get myself i could not choose who my partner was because of the conservative attitude of my parent so and it so, was a, a question of uh religion um understand or just simply because uh, a macho mindset um both it, I won't I won't say I won't say religion because my parents have never been religious but it's more about you know how how my parent parents conduct which means that sometimes we don't have the healthiest pair of relationship with a with a parent because and we don't know and that's our reality it's been there since childhood so one of my parents happens to be a narcissist which means their way the highway or no way at all and for the rest, for all of my life that I remember, I tried to win her love. It never happened. So no matter what I did, I was never perfect. And so I said, what is my way to get out of a situation like this where I am given the silent treatment, I am not talked to, I am not listened to, I am invalidated. I was, um, I, I, it was the worst thing to go through. So I said, okay, if I can't do anything else, maybe this marriage is my way to get out of this horrible situation that I am in. So I said, okay, at least I can get out of this hell that I am in. And so I... And, and a beautiful city because it's a, a, a first class country, you know, India, it's sad to say it, but sorry, but it's, you know, it's growing, but now still it's very behind of of china hong kong the united states or any country in europe so maybe it was a blessing and how long did you stay marriage uh i was in the marriage for 12 years 12 years wow you're a you're a, you know you're a keeper <laughs> 12 years it's a lot of time <laughs> for having arranged marriage so congratulations honesty is well complicated you know i I guess it was hard, but thanks God, maybe you are now having another type of life and having, enjoying a wonderful life in Hong Kong on your own. Uh, I am in a better relationship. I am in the most beautiful relationship, which is what I help people get. So Amazing. that's the thing. Yes, yes. So of all that the places so in the world, I find the love of my life in Hong Kong. <laughs> So tell us a little bit, um, what stereotypes did you face for being Indian or Hindu um, in Hong Kong? Tell us about your, the stereotypes that you, you face. Um, okay, can you explain to me so the that I can The stereotypes is, that you know, for example, I'm Mexican. Yeah. And when I go to the United States, people think, oh, Mexican equal drug dealer. Equal, um, you know, wearing the, the big hat and maybe you are very happy, you smile all the time. You know, the Chinese are dirty and are like blah, blah, blah. So that kind of thing. So these stereotypes that people, uh, you know, that when the people label us and you move yeah, to yeah, another yeah. country, 
what yeah. stereotypes or lab labels you mm. face when you yeah. you uh, you move to Hong Kong? Um, it was interesting. I didn't find the job that I was looking for. So I ended up in uh, teaching industry and I started te teaching English. And that's what a lot of uh, Indian girls that move to, to be with their husbands in Hong Kong, that's what they're doing because they can't find the jobs that the, the high paying jobs or like, you know, being in the finance, because this is a finance hub. So you are either in banking or in investment and hedge funds and all that stuff. I, there is that and there is the teaching industry. So a lot of Indian girls are in the teaching industry because they're not able to get those type of jobs. And then of course, we don't speak the local language and that, that's, that can be very hard. Besides that, it's um, there is the our, who is our competition if we are teaching English. Well, English is the I grew up learning English in school. That was the first language we were exposed to before I was exposed to Hindi. I grew up speaking my mother tongue, so I'm fluent in all three uh, languages. My mother tongue is Hindi, but it's it's the who is who am I competing with? Here in Hong Kong, because there has been a British um, rule, the British were here in Hong Kong before they left in 97. And then I feel that people of Hong Kong, they are biased, which means that if someone has, has the light eyes and light hair, they're qualified to teach English than someone like me who has a certificate. So that was something that I faced and that was hard. Um, and nobody likes that, but that's the reality of Hong Kong that nobody normally talks about, but everybody knows it's the truth. Um, so that, that was talking, about that, talking about that language, uh, what is the official language in Hong Kong? Chinese, Cantonese? Cantonese, you are right. It's Cantonese and it has nine tonalities. It's, um, it's not the easiest language to master. <laughs> And can you, can people survive just speaking English in Hong Kong or you must speak uh, Cantonese? Um, you're, so it's interesting because Hong Kong Island is like the business hub. You are better off in Hong Kong Island and you can, it's slightly easier because even the taxi drivers will speak English and that's fine uh, if you're getting around uh, as a non-Cantonese speaker. But if you're living here, you it's it's nice if you can pick up some words, uh, and especially if you are if you have diet restrictions or if you're a vegetarian like me, you don't want to have something added to your food, and you're going to order something. You have to make sure that you know how to communicate that to the the, the waiting staff. <laughs> so it's that those are the things that I learned, I picked up, and. I can get by, I can get around, communicate uh, myself, communicate with them easily. Uh, it's not that big a problem, but yes, uh, yes, it is appreciated when we put in the effort, but if, if a white person is putting in that effort, it's like, wow, but if someone with dark hair and dark eyes does that, it's no big deal. It's kind of like expected because they so have- their... They are racist, very racist for the- yeah, if I have to label that, then yes, you can call that that. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way because they are treating you differently because the color of your skin. That is discrimination. Yes, that is discrimination. It's, it's reality. Oh yeah, my! No, no, no! And it's amazing that you tell us the truth because uh, this this podcast is more about custom traditions and people who are moving, but also the people who you know go for vacation for having fun. And it's important to understand yeah. the culture. I know, well, yeah. maybe if I go, I won't suffer because I'm, I'm, I'm white. <laughs> but if there is someone, you know, that it's a kind of brown, well, they will know that maybe the, the treatment will be a little different. And it's important that they know that, that why, that why. Mm -hmm. So sad, yeah. but it happens, yeah. you know. Um, and now tell yeah. us about the challenges. The challenges, maybe, well, the stereotypes, it's different. The, the challenges, what other difficult situation have you faced living in Hong Kong? Maybe the language or I don't know, the food or what else? Um, challenges. The food is not so much of a challenge, uh, I would say, 
because even in the basic restaurant, if you go, you will find something. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm not very picky. If I have to eat the same thing in the restaurant, it's fine. But if you're looking for craving variety, yes, there's tons of options. So it's not that big a challenge. Uh, what is challenging is the is getting to speak to people and getting to, you know, befriend them. It takes a while to to get into their world, and it's it's very closed, mm. very closed. And I have, uh, and it's not just closed within the the local people i found that within my own community and that was that was hard that was even harder because i speak the same language as you i uh, but in hong kong they are they don't speak so if i if i speak to them in my mother tongue and someone who is my age the, the ones who have grown up in hong kong or have been exposed to friends uh, who will communicate in english more than they would communicate if they are to communicate in the mother tongue they will communicate that with their adults in the family or elders in the family but not with others and i found that like that's that's the way it is. I, it's hard to accept that, but yes, that's the way it is. And not just that, it's also a mentality of um, the, the, the open-mindedness that I have. It, I couldn't, I did not find that. So I tried to fit in to a place and try to find friends with uh, my ex-husband's circle or his sister's circle, for example. And I could not find that. I tried so to fit in. It's, it's difficult for what you're saying is that people, you know, they are not open to new, uh, you know, uh, to, to, you know, to have new friends that are not in the, their own circles. And even the people who are from India, they only speak Hindi with the older ones and the people from younger, they always speak English because it looks like disrespectful or... Um, I'm not sure. I wasn't quite sure about that and why they do that. They also change their names uh, so that it's easier for foreigners or like even Cantonese speakers because a name sometimes can be quite long uh, and harder for them to pronounce. Even my own name, they, the, they look at it and that can be confusing for them. Oh, so I have to tell them, no, it's not Ni hao, it's nehao. Nihao is like a greeting in Canton in 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 Mandarin, and the first mm. association is nihao. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> I'm introducing my name to you. Uh, this is my name, and it's not nihao. It's neha because their ears are so trained. So that's. <laughs> oh my God! Complicated. Well, the language is a challenge then as well. Yes, yes. So, so besides that, and also like the people of Hong Kong who moved here during the partition, like, so the language I speak is like, is Cindy, is something else. And people who moved here at the, during the partition, when India and Pakistan was partitioning, people moved countries, cities, towns. Um, and then they, at that time, it was the English was, it, it was important for them to be able to speak English for some reason and also speak Cantonese. So they kind of gave up talking even to their children in, in, and kind of making sure the pronunciation of our own, my own language is correct. They did not bother with that because they thought that speaking English is more important for you. Um, it, growing up, if you're growing up in Hong Kong, for example, so that's why they they choose to to communicate that way. But that was a huge challenge for me because, like, if you don't speak your language, how are you, Cindy? And and you're proud to be that, but then you don't speak your own language. I am very proud of my language. I'm very proud of my culture and where I come from because it's a it has a very rich history. But the rich history is about uh, the beauty of the words, and and that if you if you're not showing that it's it's sort of like a disconnect as well. It's and I can't and it's it's more like if you're judging me for I have I felt that. So I was at one time I was at a 
what do you call that? A baby shower party. And I spoke to my sister-in-law in our mother tongue and I got looks from few people around us. Like, why are they judging me for speaking in my mother tongue? And that was, that caught me off guard. And I said, that's not a, not welcomed here. Um, so English is, I, it's more important I'm... for people in Hong Kong than speaking even Cantonese and, and the uh, other languages. Within, yes, and in Kent, in like, yes, even with people who are Cantonese speakers, if they want, uh, oh, that's a, another challenge with the job itself. Now, it's not the English that they want. I know they want them to, they want the, the parents who are, they're, they're enrolling their children in English speaking courses, but they want it from someone who can, who, who looks like, who, okay, this looks like a person from whose mouth English is going to come out. Although they may be Russian, they could be from any other part of the world where English is not the first language. But because that person looks like that, that's what is going to come out. They don't care about anything else. And yeah, they parents. want accent. Yeah. I want British accent. I want British accent. I want Australian accent. So it's specified. Like, you know, Canadian, American, UK, Australian, all those New Zealand, that's, it's like, okay, if you're not from these places, you're going to have a tough time teaching English. Good luck with that. So it's like, oh, the, the color I of my skin. I can't believe is it that the people in, in, in Hong Kong are, uh, treasure too much the, the appearance of the traditional stereotype of the American or the na native English speakers as, you know, the blonde, blue eyes, so yes. nice. And the Russian looks like that, even it's not the, yeah. the mother tongue. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's a very complicated uh, situation. I'm so sorry to hear that. Now talking about something more, <laughs> uh, more, <laughs> Uh, more positive <laughs> let's talk about you're yeah. an entrepreneur you know you you work as a public speaking and relationship coach tell us uh, a little bit about your job what do you do what services do you offer uh how the people can contact you you have a website or tell us yes so if you see my name neha sony that's my, my website is uh, www.nehasoni.com and you can visit there see my services what how i help people is oftentimes yes they want to feel confidence and the confidence shows up in many different places and oftentimes it's the lack of confidence that has uh, it has happened it's coming from a what someone has told them in the capacity of their relationships, very close relationships. And that's something that uh, is, becomes their voice in their head when they want to communicate. And that's a hurdle in their own mind. It's holding them back from communicating and building that connection with their audience or connecting with people in general. And so I help them build that confidence with themselves and also with regards to relationships it's like being on dating apps can be challenging finding connection with people online can be very challenging and hong kong is a very interesting city and i think most cities are where it's hard to connect over apps and the 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 thing about hong kong is that there's lots and lots of people who are from the indonesia philippines and they are uh, single or, or they are away from their families and that means that they're also on the dating apps and uh, there's and they, because of the the bias people have towards non-locals wanting a non-local person as their partner because of their open-mindedness they want to go to that and find that person now that means that that one person has so many choices and generally that's a male and that person has tons of choices so they're it's like a meat market if you have, if I have to say it so bluntly it's like a meat market <laughs> And uh, 
and that's why it's it's even harder for girls and they're single for a very very long time they're not able to find a relationship because their competition is the people also the domestic helpers on those dating apps and there's tons of dating apps and they're on all of those dating apps so how do they compete with that how do they stand out how do they make themselves different uh, within like even the dating app, like their profile, how do they stand out? How do they get to meet? How do they communicate? How do they connect? How do they show I am valuable? I can be, a, I can be a very nice partner. There's so many challenges that they, they face. I myself was single for quite some time before I found the, 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 a nice relationship, a perfect relationship. So your services are, are uh, the, the business of love that you help the people in uh, the are in on um, in these apps to find the right person to train the people to how to communicate how to be attractive uh, an attractive yeah. profile all the kind you are a matchmaking of love oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know yes. it was a kind of profession uh, uh <laughs> you know. well yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if I have people that come in my mind, okay, this person is a good match. I can think about that. But then oftentimes the struggle is, the, it, there is the inner struggle. So I work with the inner a lot. The confidence building. I Maybe I should hire you to lot. find a husband. <laughs> I, I would I'm looking for an American. You. American, Canadian, okay. so... Uh, uh, later we talk about it and you can find me a husband like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> would be amazing. Not other nationalities. I'm just focused on America. <laughs> but, wow. Okay. Interesting. I never imagined that can, people can live uh, all, all that kind of business. So according to what we, we have talked about uh, Hong Kong, maybe this question is mm. out of the line, but anyways, I, I have to ask you. So is a is it a country where there is diversity, diversity of nationalities, but inclusion? I mean, inclusion, the same opportunities for everybody? It seems like not. Uh, it's uh, kind of something that like, you know, the way you're portraying the picture, it's sort of like that. It's like, yes, we embrace diversity. Yes, we embrace inclusion, all of that stuff. These are big words that everybody wants to adopt because everybody's talking about that. And it looks and good. The sustainable. Yeah, no, it's the sustainable developmental goals and all that stuff. So, yes, the people. It's And then it becomes very individual to, you know, how open-minded that particular person is. So it's, it's totally depending on who you are communicating with and you have to do your own homework and find the right people. So it's not like everybody is going to be open to that. It's more, it's, it's, it's about, it's like relationship finding as well. Not everyone you think is a good match is going to be a good match for you. Same way. You don't want to do business with everybody. The diversity and the inclusion. Yes, it's there. But it's there for, okay, I'm happy to partner with you because you're good for my business. Mm. Like that. Like a hidden agenda, and if you're, not something that's, uh, yeah, it's and good if, just because it's, uh, it's good for me, you know, for my own interest. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's, a, that's a mindset. That's the underlying mindset. It's not about, okay, how can I help you? It's what's in it for me. So you have to give them what they want and hopefully hopefully you have what they're looking for and it, and it, also it seems like a, it's a tough culture complicated yeah complicated yeah. be if 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 the color of your skin is better then yeah you're you're good so better better is like that like that kind of you're you're they'll be more open to you They'd be like, oh, they want to they want to talk to you. If you're if you're someone who is not a local, they want to talk to you. And if they appreciate, they're more open to you. They kind of get to know you a little bit. They'll talk to you more. So far, I have one person who is happy to have that conversation with me because they themselves spent their their growing their their education was in UK. 
and you can talk to them because they are also into doing mindfulness stuff and meditation. They've been exposed to the things I have exposed myself to. So yes, there is common ground. We can talk about those things and that's more welcoming. So it's finding the right people even within the, the locals. People who appreciate spirituality, because you know India is yes. leader in the world in uh, you know yoga, meditation. You are the leaders in the world of all of these amazing things that help us to improve our well-being. So yes. Uh, um, um, so in the case of well-being, do you do you based on your experience? <laughs> I, I know I am sorry. Based on your experience, could you say that? Um, there is more well-being in Hong Kong than in your own country? Um, definitely. Why? Because there is, even, even in the midst of this, there is chaos going on right now, but there is definitely more structure. If I have to choose, I've given up my, my Indian passport because my passport doesn't allow me to travel to different places. So this was like in 2018, I got Hong Kong passport. So, which means that I have more options to, to travel to places and can stay longer, whatever the reason. So yes, that's, that's one thing. The other thing, Thing is there is the, the there is efficiency in the system and that's helpful and even even the local um, yes it has its own uh, like mental well-being that's not something that's highly regarded Mel mental well-being does not exist here in Hong Kong because the stress levels can be really high it's but still you there are people who are like locals they eat so healthy they but they they exercise they take very good care of their health there is parks and there is um free equipment that people can use so and, and the transport system is very efficient you can trust and tell someone i am going to be here this time and go on the MTR and you are going to be there dot on time because you know the system is efficient. You're not going to get stuck. The trains are working perfectly fine. Yes, traffic and on the roads can be very different. So I, and I'm someone who likes to be punctual, I'll choose to go on the train and find my way then go on somewhere where I would be late. I don't want to be late because I value people's time. So, so in some aspects, yes, there is well-being. Yes, some aspects. So that the system works, it's uh, there is a there is some amount of efficiency in the system, and there, it's very fast paced. So it's not like you're waiting on days. They're they're very fast with responding, which is which is good. Sometimes in things like if I look back and look at things in in India, they can they can drag for quite some time, um, which is not the case over here. So this there are good things about here. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. Um, India is a uh, is a chaos. <laughs> you it's know, an it's absolute good. chaos. Yeah, yeah it so, is. It is an absolute chaos. Now let's talk about basics. Uh, I will ask you some things, general things. This is more um, a tourist information, but anyways, it works for everybody. The ones who stay and the ones who just travel for for fun. Uh, yeah. the food, tell us the most traditional dishes that people should eat in Hong Kong. Um, seafood. I think seafood and dumplings are one of the best things. I am vegetarian, but uh, there's places they have vegetarian dumplings and I absolutely love them. And there is this tradition of um, yum cha, which yum means drink, cha means tea. Yum cha is, okay, let's go for yum cha, drink tea. And that's, that comes with a round of different types of dumplings. Uh, and they come in little, you're, you're eating little nibbles of stuff. And there's dumplings, there is all, all different types of Chinese dumplings. And uh, most of them would be non-vegetarian. <laughs> and that's, that's okay because you can order other things. So that's what I used to do when I used to go. Um, yes, so dumplings are amazing. Uh, fish, balls, there's the street food is, is great. People, the eating out culture is big, is huge. People are eating out all the time. The variety of restaurants is just amazing. People love, and Hong Kong people, they love Japanese food. 
they love Japanese food. So yes, definitely check out the Japanese options over here. <laughs> so it's very international, but in general, they eat like many Asians. It's like a seafood. Uh, they're very influenced by Japanese, but not a specific yeah. traditional dish that, you know, except uh, dumplings that you mentioned. Yeah, and the tea. dumplings and they... What kind yeah, of tea? Dumplings are green tea or... Tea. Uh, green tea would be available in most Japanese restaurants, and and here it's all, the the newest thing is um, not the newest. It's been there for a while. Uh, matcha, which is green tea powder, which is now in everything because it has some interesting health benefits. So now it's in ice creams. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. tell me how healthy that is. Okay, so there is that and. Yes, they're, they're like the locals also love curries because they think, oh, Indian food means curry. Everything is curry. So that's, again, a stereotype. But yes, they love all of that as well. Um, there's all different types of varieties that are available. So, and yes, seafood. If you want to experience that you and sit on the street and be served food by locals and, ha and experience like the flavor of hong kong you would do that in this in um in this area called jordan and temple street in jordan is exciting it gets very exciting at uh, by evening because there is there's you'll find tables put out on the street People are sat down and they're eating. There's restaurants competing for people. Hey, come to my restaurant. How many people come here? And there's all seafood. I've wow. never ate there. I've never ate there. But they'll pull out. They'll pull out the freshest little prawns and lobsters and cook it right there for you. So you get to select that and eat that. So it's seafood is big, 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 humongous. I don't even know what you call them. Lobsters. Yeah, lobsters. So seafood is big. And then right next to that, there is a whole street of little things that are manufactured in China. And then there people are selling them there in that street. So it's little gifts that you can take away back home. That's a travel. If you're, if you're traveling there, there's that. There is also a place in Mongkok or there is a place in Shamshaipo where you can find these tips type of things and also little gifts, little things for your computer or your, your phone, your case, all of those things. You'll find nice, cute little gifts to take away, take back. Wow, nice. And yeah. tell us about the lifestyle. How do people in Hong Kong have fun? or do on the weekends, on their free time? Mm, eating out is big, like I said. Um, free time. Yes, people also like hiking. It's very, very... It, oh, so one of the amazing things about Hong Kong is no matter where you are in the city, from the city, uh, either in Kowloon or on uh, in Hong Kong Island, or even in the New Territories, you can be in the mountains in 20 or 30 minutes. Wow. And, and where I live, I see a mountain right outside the window. It's, yeah, not, not very high mountains, but there's lots and lots of places to go hiking and great views. So hiking is amazing. That's something people do a lot. Um, yes, they eat out. And it's, it's, it's about getting together with the families at the weekends and having those dinners and get-togethers with friends so yes that's that's again it's hard. and there's the, the options are unlimited that's yeah really and that show, what about the shopping do they love uh they, they love to to go sh uh for shopping or or just the tourists are the ones who go for shopping uh i think i think all all people would love shopping and it's individual. Um, so yes, shopping is, is good. In Hong Kong, you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's like a, if you're looking for something really reasonable, you can find it. If you're looking for something really big and like branded, you have that option as well. So um, Canton Road in Chimsa Choi is, it's like, 
you just walk that street and you have all the big names. The whole street is full of those big shops and people have lined up outside because they want to go and have a visit in that shop. They're waiting outside. It's no different in outside of restaurants. They just lined up outside Japanese restaurants to have a turn to go eat. That's Hong Kong for you. Standing in lines, <laughs> going in restaurants or going entering shops. So that's the shopping experience. And if you want, if you if you're not into big brands, it's okay. You can just go do whatever shopping wherever is easier for you, convenient for you. That you have those options as well. Yeah, it's a good destination for shopping. Now people are moving, uh, according to the news, uh, they are going to Shanghai for this, but I don't know uh, what's going on right now, but it seems like uh, the companies are trying to move into Shanghai instead of Hong Kong for the political situation. It seems like uh, it has effect. Yeah. has affected the economy. So yes. I hope that it improves and people... Yeah. Uh, are back to normal for their own good. And tell us a little bit about customs and traditions. Something that you say, oh, it, uh, do you like you like it or not like it? But um, any tradition, um, something that you, you find interesting, you know? Custom traditions. Um, it's one of the first things I learned when I came to Hong Kong is when you go on a, so you go to a restaurant, like a, I think it's a banquet restaurant where you go for the yum cha, the drink tea or lunches uh, or late afternoon tea. When you are served tea, so you'll be served tea in like little uh, porcelain uh, or chine bone china cups. And when someone serves you, they you tap you. It's like, let's say this is the table. You just, when someone is serving you and so everybody, so one person will take a turn and then they'll pour tea for everybody and then when person when someone serves you tea you go like this on the table it says saying thank you so that was one oh, of the this things. is a way to say thank you and that, on that, that on the, ta on on the, the table. table yeah not your not with your hand so i'm just this is my this no no is the no table. Ja, yeah i know this is the table and, and just with, with your with my fingers just yeah like, oh yeah. interesting so it's like you know thank you for serving me it's like that and uh, when so there is two type of thank yous you say one is sai, um, and one is toche sai. Toche is when someone gives you a something you can't you well, you have to accept it's a gift or so it's let's say oh do you get Chinese um, um, it's called the pocket money. Uh, it's lysi, and when you when it's Chinese New Year, you get that. Well, not you get that. It's a it's children, and married people who are not married, they receive that from from their parents, uncles, aunts, and adults. So when you receive something like that, and people who are let's say guards in a building, they're the security. So those people, you give them um, lysi which means like whatever amount of money it's like saying thank you for your service and then you give them that so then they will say toche sai toche sai so you it's like there's two different thank yous oh. so when you give me a gift i will say toche sai something like that but if you're giving me a service as in goi sai it's like that so it's good to know at least a tourist to know these words just to to look yeah, uh, to, to be and, polite. Yes, absolutely. And mgoi sai is mgoi sai, There is that, and then just mgoi is kind of like uh, maybe like excuse me, sir, excuse me, miss, because you want to call for someone's attention if you're at a restaurant or a, or at a shop, something like that. Mgoi, that's how you can call. Say, I need some help. Mgoi. That's how you say it. Mgoi. Thank you. So, do, do you speak the Cantonese in a, a basic level, middle, or in advance? Um, I would say just basic. basic. Well, anyways, it's good. Uh, it's good. Yeah, that you're... They appreciate. Um, 
they appreciate that and my the thing the interesting thing is people because we're so trained in like speaking english as grammar our our languages have grammar in cantonese there is no such thing the grammar doesn't exist so it's and when i speak i try to look for grammar how do i say this but then i i'm oftentimes <laughs> wrong oh my gosh i, so there I, I guess no grammar. It's a very good, it's a very difficult language. One of the most difficult language in the world. We know that Chinese, Cantonese, and any other related to that. So yeah, I understand. And That's it's a safe, you put in you put in the effort. Yeah, it's a safe country for women. So I, any the women are safe that they are not, you know, have problems. Uh, the I mean, try to stalk her, them or something like that. It's safe. Yeah. It is safe. Generally, it is safe. If you're out late in the night, you're still very safe. I mean, these one-off incidences can happen, but it's very, otherwise, it's one of the safest cities in the world. Wow. That, that is uh, surprising because it's a very big, all the stuff, you know, it seems like a if it's so um, amazing city with a lot of tourists, all the stuff, um, it's not so safe. But uh, it seems like uh, the, the security, all the stuff are, you know, people are respectful with the laws, all this stuff. So that is impressive. Yeah. 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 I mean, you are, I have, there have been two occasions where I have forgotten my credit card at a grocery store. And I have gone back and I have found it. So they'll keep it for you. I show my ID card. I say, this is the name. This is where. So you are able to find that. And It doesn't happen in Latin America. That kind of situation, <laughs> no, 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 there is no way. Yeah, you will lose a lot of money here in, in Latin America. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I'm having problems with my life, but it's okay. Let's continue. To, uh, tell us about the accommodation. I know that Hong Kong is very famous for being very expensive. And we know that because it's a financial center in Asia. So yes. in general, if you can compare, uh, just to have an idea, um, you know, a space in a middle-class area in India, um, in, in, let's see, in New Delhi. And in Hong Kong, how much do people pay in each place? In, in Hong Kong, in India, just to have an, uh, an idea about that commercial. I, uh, the, the, the rent. I apologize, the rent. I won't be able to. Yeah, no, I apologize because I did not live in Delhi. I do not know. And in, 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 in India, in Mumbai, where I lived, my parents already owned the flat. But from what mm. I hear now, um, it's where there is more land. Okay, it's going to be more reasonable. Yes, maybe India is a little bit more reasonable, but it's not. The taxes in India are going to be killing you because that's well, how let's it say is. in Hong Kong, uh, a, a place that in middle class and not in the most uh, you know fanciest areas or the poorest in the middle class. How much uh, a month for for a place? You know two rooms, right. you know, just for a single person or, or for a couple? How much? Um, that's like 15,000 Hong Kong dollars. And what is 15,000 Hong Kong dollars if I have to convert that? I have to, I have to calculate. I'm always thinking in Hong Kong dollars. Um, I would say 2,000 US dollars. Yeah, you're paying It's, it's not cheap. US. It's not cheap. No, no it's not. Yeah, easily that range and, and above. Expect above than below. <laughs> yeah, it depends on because New York is more expensive, I guess. But it depends on the area. Yeah, I know, but just having a general idea about the prices. Yeah. Uh, when we talk about the language now, how's the weather? More expensive. It's more expensive on Hong Kong Island because the space is limited. So I when I was living in a studio apartment, I paid more for a smaller apartment mm -hmm. so it's like that so even within hong kong it can be quite uh, a big range if you're and living further in the new territories it's 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 going to be slightly more affordable for you but you're still you have to commute a little bit 
good thing is the commute is going to be okay because you can trust the transport. Yeah, the transportation. And how's the weather? It's cold, warm. Uh, how's the weather? The so it gets cold um, like around Christmas, New Year starts to get cold. Usually, New Year's you you feel a chill at New Year's, and then sometime in January maybe tiny bit of February because the weather has changed quite a bit and it can go down to, depends on where you are. If you're near the mountains, it can be around three or four degrees. But generally in the city, the lowest I have experienced is six degrees. And right now it's like, it's summer. And when it gets to around 32, 33, it doesn't go higher than that. I haven't experienced. Yes, it can be very humid and that's why it starts to rain. If it gets too hot, it starts. It, it's it rains and then it cools down again. It gets humid and then it. So but it's yes, not so cold that it is. It doesn't. It doesn't snow. So it's a good. It weather. doesn't snow. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you have yeah you have beach there, so I, I guess that it helps. Yeah, the, the not the cleanest, but yes, <laughs> not the cleanest beaches, but yes, we have beaches. <laughs> well, Liz, you. Well, the, the, you know, the, the buildings, all this stuff looks amazing on pictures, you know? Pictures looks amazing. I have yeah. never been there. I hope to go one day yeah. uh, because it looks uh, like a very vibrant city. So, uh, but the yeah, picture is, looks good. So city. tell us now, what are the do and don'ts of living in Hong Kong? It means what are the things that people should do if they go to live there and the things that they shouldn't do in Hong Kong? Interesting question. <laughs> what are the things they should do? Do's and don'ts Say, of living in Hong Kong. Um, definitely, if they can invest, they should. Um, and if they're looking to live in Hong Kong long term, maybe it helps them to buy a house. Maybe. If, if they really love it. Many people come here for a month or two months, and then the next thing they know, they've been here for 20, 30 years. Wow. So, and, and if they like it so much, then they can buy a house if, if that serves them better because you, when you pay mortgage, you're paying, it's like you're going to get that house. And that's one thing they can do. So, yes, and, and invest. Investing is something that it's very, a lot of people are into doing that and knowing, okay, what, what stocks and everything to invest in because you're in the city where it's your live, your rent can be a huge part of your income can go away in the rent. So you want to make sure you're, you have something that is going to keep your savings or whatever you the important for you to for you to be financially you know afloat and you're having your head about water so saving and investing that's something that people and the don'ts? do and do the don'ts um uh so many things like, but it's it's about Top three, maybe tell us top three. It's this is a very tough question. It's like, um, in the it's culturally, in any there's like it's yeah, there's so many aspects. It's there's, I think, uh, what are the don'ts? It's, it's very hard, it's very hard for me to think about it i have to really put in the uh, a thought to this um i think i, I think it would be around uh, understanding the culture and not crossing your your line with them so it's very individual so since i have not been that exposed to them to get to know that enough it's it's hard so I try to stay where, okay, if I'm not welcome, fine, I just don't do that. It's, it's, it's going to be hard for me 
So I might as well connect with the ones that I can connect with and try, do definitely keep trying, but it's a, it, it all also depends on how open the person or the company is, the culture is to you. So the do's and don'ts are, the don'ts are very, can be very individual to, to where you're coming from, you know? Okay. What tourist places should like they uh, should they visit? The people that are moving, the expats. What places should they mm -hmm. visit first when they go to Hong Kong? Tell us a few names. If things, places to go. If they Hong have Kong. children. If they have children, children or without, uh, do tell us. With with children, uh, you can try going to Disneyland. Uh, and Ocean Park, both are great. I personally love Ocean Park because I love the rides. Uh, if you are if you are someone who loves roller coaster rides and uh, looking at big, big, huge aquariums, it's Ocean Park is a great place to go. Um, Disneyland also very nice with children. Um, and Without children, it then depends on what activities you want to do. So definitely check out um, peak. They say the peak is, uh, it, it's not the highest mountain. It's not the highest uh, place to visit in Hong Kong, although it's, it, it's, it's just the most popular one, but it's not the highest one. But people go there because from there you can have a great view of, uh, of Kowloon, the peninsula, and everything so you can definitely visit there and for experiencing food like any neighborhood you go but the more popular ones at Chimsa Choi for shopping Jordan which is right next to that it's like the these are the stops on MTR so it's Jordan and and Chimsa Choi for shopping and food Jordan for food like both of them for food and shopping they're great places you'll find what you may be looking for um so th that's that's the big attraction so food and shopping okay and any website or association that you recommend to those who listen to us you know uh, a website or face group whatever that is useful for the expat there are many expat groups facebook groups in hong kong and uh, I think all of them would be the same. Um, I think it's best to visit like the local, if you know the names and of places that you want to visit, find that information out from Google. Then they will, you would get important information like schedules. So uh, the transport uh, department, they would have the, and oh, also Google Maps will be, Google Maps, you can find out how long it takes you and all that stuff. So it's, that's a helpful thing to use eh? because I personally find it very difficult to read maps. So if you're, if you're a single woman and traveling and if you're not that great with maps, then yes, you can try and use Google Maps. It's a great resource and giving you places where you can go. It recommends good things. Uh, and what is near you. So it's a great resource. And talking about immigration regulations, so you are, you are a citizen, right? For your marriage? Um, well, so I moved here and then I was, I got, I've got my permanent. If you live here and you have a, if you have lived and worked in Hong Kong for seven years, then you can apply and get a permanent residency. Mm. So, and, uh, and then if you want, and if you're interested, you can, and that's only if up to you, if you want, you can get also the Hong Kong passport, that, but then depends on your own country of origin, whether they allow dual citizenship or not. So yeah. you also have that option. So seven years in Hong Kong, and then you can get a permanent residency and children who are born here, they automatically get that. Yeah, and that is good because in other countries, it's not like that. Um, what do you miss most about India? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, uh, and... What do I miss about... Uh, 
I, I miss, what do I miss about Bar, Bahrain or the Middle East? I, Arabic is music to my ears. Mm. The warmth uh, and appreciation, the welcoming, the hospitality, that is something I really, really appreciate in people in general. And yes, that's something that I, because I grew up there, I love that. Oh yeah, I true, true. You told me that you were you were born in India, but you grew um you grew up in in the Bahrain. other. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, how did you manage to be competitive in Hong Kong? Because you, we know it's a complicated market. So, what is uh, what are the keys of your success? That you uh you have your uh, online business. So, what are the keys of your success? Mm, it's just about. Um identifying your market and speaking to them like for example if it's public speaking uh what it is that they are looking for and just telling them how you are differentiating yourself from the people who are providing whatever service similar services so how is it how is my service different so just bringing in that flavor and keep on um, serving people in that particular uh, area in many different ways for them to know and get an idea of who you are and what it is like to get to know you, work with you, experience you. So that's, that's one of the things that I did when I started my public speaking um, journey. And now that it's it is harder for events to happen and my work is around making those things and organizing those things my market is gone online and so now hong kong is not i'm not limited to hong kong i serve clients in australia in singapore and the pacific coast uh, in america so people from there also have joined me in my public that, yeah the business are, are global now for for internet that is amazing is. for the for COVID-19 exactly. and last question um well maybe um, you haven't worked in a, in a in a company in Hong Kong because you work on your own but um I don't know if you can respond this question what are the differences that you find in the Hong Kong work culture and the culture that where you grew up the difference in between the both countries the work mm. culture the way you know that the leaders are the way that employees behave all the stuff the schedules mm. uh, benefits something like that you have some information mm. i think uh, work wise i i didn't work in bahrain but i worked briefly in india um, and I think people can be hardworking, but they're also laid back. And I guess that has to do with the weather because it can be rather hot and humid. So yes, work culture. Bahrain, well, during the daytime, it's very hot. And my, I remember my dad used to come back home, uh, have lunch, have a nap, and then go back uh, because it's too hot to be working at that time. And in Hong Kong, it's work, work, work the whole time, the whole time. Mm -hmm. And there is, so oftentimes it's, uh, you know, people are working overtime, but they, but not, not all companies uh, will pay you for working overtime. It's kind of like a, it's expected. <laughs> so it's expected but that you work too much and that you don't get paid for the extra hours? Yeah. Oh and gosh. people push. And people put in that people actually because they're very they I have to say people are very hardworking in Hong Kong. They will put in the hours because they really really want success, and they the and success can be you know that that promotion that whatever it is that they are looking for. So <laughs> whatever to what that you're means saying, to according to what you're saying, I would think that for Hong Kong people, money is the most important thing. Money is your, so the, yeah. the, the people value there for the, the, your amount of money in the bank? 
Yes, yes. And uh, the more well off you are, the more people will listen to you. Uh, mm. It's it's that. So it's the having that association with that person that's kind of more important. Uh, and like everything in the culture, there is, they have this, when they open a company or they inaugurate, there's some inauguration or something like that. I have... Um, been to one although i did not eat um but there's the, the there is they celebrated with the roast pork the whole they roast the whole pig and they they eat that so a pig signifies signifies you know wealth and and uh more money and it's good for business uh, mandarins during the chinese and oranges that again signifies money and wealth there is uh, you, there is cats like cat dolls and they go they, with the hands swinging the whole time it's like something that people will place in their shops like a welcome uh, welcome to the customers come inside so these, and then there is frog. There is a money frog. So they, they use their feng shui little things to, to increase wealth in their house and all that stuff. And there is this They're money They're obsessed frog. with money. Oh my God. And the last yeah. question is, uh, do you celebrate in Hong Kong the Chinese year? That it's like a, the Christmas for us in a different, it, it's the same thing in China? Yes, yes. Uh, the Chinese New Year, it comes around uh, like either end of January or uh, first uh, half of February. It falls between that time period uh, and it goes by the, the lunar calendar. They use a lunar calendar and then it's a lunar New Year. Uh, we don't, I used to celebrate it when I was living with my in-laws because they used to celebrate it. So I'm not... And because we, I'm Indian, and in India we have a similar festival. The Hindus celebrate Diwali, so it's similar. Like you know, even when you're married, you will still receive some sort of pocket money as a gift for. Okay, this is your gift for your Hindu New Year, and it's kind of similar in 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 the Chinese New Year. Only if you're married, you're not gonna get that. So sometimes people will delay their marriage so that they can keep getting their LIC and they're not obligated to give LIC to other people because they're not married. So it's interesting. Interesting tradition. Okay, well, thank you very much for and that's being how here. I don't, I don't miss it really. I don't what? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Neha, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for being here in Women Abroad. Thank, thank you. you so much, Lizette. Is that been a, it's Lisette, right? It's yes. it's been a it's been wonderful speaking with you. Loved sharing all the information. I hope it's helpful for your audience. I'm sure that it is. Thank you. See you in the Almost. next episode. Thanks for listening. Visit our website www.wellum.com section Women Inspire. And don't miss our next episode.